The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield. May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Eat better, get healthy, and help animals. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Vegan Headlines TV foodie Guy Fieri grants a vegan food truck $25,000 to open a permanent store. Vegan Headlines. Jay-Z adds vegan chicken to his growing list of investments. Vegan headline, the European Parliament votes in favor of a caged farming ban. You know what? This is a really good time to be vegan. The planet is on board with it. So are the animals and your arteries. So vegans, pregans, veg curious folks, you are right on time doing fine. Hey, everybody. I'm Victoria Moran, your host for the Main Street Vegan Program, and very, very happy to have you with us today. I know you guys love it when I bring on fabulous medical doctors, and I have one today who is just such a great guy, as well as being a fabulous medical doctor. So I hope that we can inspire you for your health and a better world in the hour that follows. Dr. Ted Barnett has dedicated his 35-year career to transforming the practice of medicine using lifestyle medicine and plant nutrition at the Rochester Lifestyle Medicine Institute, where he's a founding president and board chair. Dr. Barnett's highly successful immersive whole food plant-based program has transformed the lives of over a thousand participants, helping them to lower their cholesterol, increase energy, lose weight, and prevent, arrest, and even reverse chronic disease. Yay, Dr. Barnett, and yay, veggies. Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you so much, Victoria. It's really fun to be here. Well, it is so much fun to be talking with you because I kind of know you from Vegetarian Summerfest, which is now called Vegan Summerfest, but that is such a busy week that there are hundreds of people that I quote know from there, but I never really get a chance to talk with them. So this mm-hmm. is quite a treat on a variety of levels. So let's just start at the very beginning, a very good place to start mm-hmm. your journey into this lifestyle. 
Oh, well, great. So um, I graduated from medical school in 1980. I finished my residency in diagnostic imaging in 1984. And my wife, Carol, and I got married in 1986. And we started having children in 1987. Uh, we had Rebecca and then Elizabeth was born in 1989. And then uh, around 19, late, uh, the late 1980s and around 1990, I started reading about the works of Dr. Dean Ornish and reversing heart disease uh, with diet and lifestyle. And in 1991, we decided to become vegan. And that was before Nathaniel was born. He was born in 1992. So he's been vegan since before birth. And um, we did it for a lot of reasons. Um, you know, uh, to me, the, the idea of opening up arteries with diet and lifestyle was amazing. I mean, Honestly, in medical school, I thought artery, I thought plaque was made out of concrete and it wasn't going to go anywhere. And then find out that you can actually get uh, arteries to open up and plaque to reverse using diet and lifestyle. That to me was amazing. So I sort of thought, well, kind of game over, right? The whole medical establishment's going to change now. We know the truth about how to treat the most, you know, the biggest killer of men and women in this country. And and in fact, um, you know, Michael Greger had the same reaction. He also made the change back in 1991, and he actually went to the same medical school I went to in Tufts in Boston. Um, although we didn't know each other, he's a little bit younger. But we later on learned that we both made the change for the same reason. But then you know what? The healthcare system didn't change, and it's been trucking along using medication and surgery and procedures to treat heart disease and all these other chronic conditions. And so uh, that's kind of the beginning. Um, yeah, I have a lot more to say about that, but where would you like to go from here? Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. I remember exactly the time that you're talking about, even though I'm not a healthcare professional and I was already vegan at that time, mm -hmm. when Dr. Ornish's work came out, I thought, okay, we may still have a ways to go to deal with zoos and circuses and leather shoes, but what we eat that's that's been taken care of. So I just assumed everybody was going to stop eating animal foods like the next day. So mm -hmm. naive hey, I guess. Right. Yeah, kind but, of reaction. Uh, but it helped. I mean, it helped. And shortly thereafter, we had John Robbins' book, Diet for a New America. And then, you know, we got Skinny Bitch and then the documentaries started coming. Mm -hmm. So I think we're I think we're doing this. And it would be wonderful if it could speed up, but it's great that it's doing what it is. And part of the reason that that's happening is people like you, particularly in uh, the health professions. So when did you start the Rochester Lifestyle Medicine Institute? Right. Why'd you do that? What goes on there? Sure. So, you know, I basically continued on as a radiologist and um, uh, from, from 1991 on and I work in the Finger Lakes near Rochester, New York. I'm actually part of a, a big practice in Rochester, New York. Uh, in fact, that's where I'm calling in from right now. And, um, you know, so it wasn't really doing anything about changing other people's habits until, oh, maybe the late 90s when I started giving grand rounds about uh, changing, uh, improving health with diet and talking about a, a vegan diet. And so actually around 2012, I... I got talked into creating a CME course. So doctors have, you know, they need a certain number of hours of CME every year. So we, my wife and I uh, created a, uh, a six-week program that met once a week uh, for uh, 12 hours total. So the doctors who took the course would get 12 CME hours. And we gave it about 20 times, actually. Uh, almost 900 people took the course uh, in the 20 times we gave it. And the last time we gave it was actually this 
spring of, let's see, when did the pandemic start? 2020, right? So the last time we gave it was January 2020, and then we had to stop because we were meeting in person. Um, and so just to back up a little bit, so I kind of had experience teaching it, and that's when we decided to start Rochester Lifestyle Medicine back in 2015. Um, and uh, we, that was, the purpose of that was to run what's called CHIP, and CHIP is the Complete Health Improvement Program. It was started by Hans Deal and Loma Linda, and it teaches plant-based nutrition. They, they, they avoid the, using the word vegan, but quite honestly, it is vegan. And um, they have great results. They've had about 70,000 people go through that program over the years. And so we started Rochester Lifestyle Medicine to teach CHIP. And um, we also had a medical practice so we could see patients. So I was basically running, you know, working as a radiologist and an interventional radiologist and also running this other medical practice. And, and then in 2017, we split into two groups one to, so we could have a nonprofit. And so Rochester Lifestyle Medicine Institute is, was really born in 2017 uh, as a nonprofit, although the whole organization kind of started in 2015. And since then, we've realized that although CHIP is a wonderful program, uh, it's long and it's hard to get people to sign up for it. Uh, I tell people that it's like getting a kid into the bathtub. You can't get them in and then you can't get them out. So people who love CHIP, or who do CHIP, they love it and they end up, we have a lot of alumni doing it over and over. Uh, but getting people to sign up is hard. So we developed our own program called the 15-Day the Whole Food Plant-Based Jumpstart. And that's the program that we're really proud of. It's, um, uh, it's really been a pleasure to get people to sign up for it because we tell people, look, you're a grown-up. You can do anything for two weeks. And uh, so uh, as you mentioned earlier, we've had about 1,000 people do that. Uh, we started out in our office uh, in the spring of 2018 is when we started. And... Um, we were running 20, 24 people at a time would come through every month. And it started out with a finger stick on Saturday morning at 8 a.m. And uh, so we have, we have a, a equipment to do a point of care testing in our office. And then 24 to 30 people would be all ready to go by 9.30. They'd come into our classroom. We'd have breakfast. Uh, I would give a lecture. And then we'd have lunch together. And uh, we would talk about their lab results. And it was really, really fun. And then basically we taught them a, an Esselstyn type diet, which is a whole food plant-based diet, which is, as you know, no, no oil and it's plants as close to um, uh, being grown as possible with the added um, feature that to be Esselstyn compliant, there's no high fat plant, plant foods, uh, except for a tablespoon of flaxseed. So we are ground flaxseed. So we asked people to do that for two weeks and then they may or may not add back in the high fat plant foods. But the exciting thing is that on day number 15, uh, they would be in our office on a third Saturday morning and we would do the finger sticks again and we could tell people, hey, did you know your cholesterol dropped 50 points in the last two weeks? And, you know, it'd be like the best day of my life as a clinician. You could see we both float off the chair. The patient would float off the chair. I would float off the chair uh, because these are people who thought they were really stuck. And so we ha we've had people who couldn't get their cholesterol under control, uh, being told by their doctors they'd have to go on medication. So anyway, that's kind of a, um, and so we do this and uh, it's amazing how successful it is. You tell lifestyle medicine doctors, they're not too surprised because uh, they see this all the time, but doctors in sort of conventional medicine can't believe that because um, they've just never seen it happen. Um, so then the, then the pandemic came along. So March, 2020 was the last time we did it in our office. And we thought, what are we gonna do now? So we pivoted and now the whole 15 days is online and on Zoom, uh, it actually takes 18 days because we have a day minus three. So on Wednesday before the first Saturday, 
um, people, uh, we, we have kind of a check-in and because um, we don't want people struggling with their Zoom connections when they're starting this program. So, but basically the first Saturday morning is just like always, except that it's online and it's with Zoom. So there's seven online Zoom calls, plus they get daily emails and we're getting the results that are just about the same. And the beauty of it is they're all over the world now. So we've had people from almost 40 states, from a couple of Canadian provinces, from the UK. And uh, it's just been really a pleasure to, to experience this. I, not only I think we're making more vegans, but I, I think we're gonna, it's gonna lead to world peace because we have these people from all over the place <laughs> who get to, get to talk to each other. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Oh, that, that is lovely. And whenever I hear a story like this, I always think of Emerson's essay, Compensation, that even something as tragic as a pandemic can have within it these wonderful things that come out of it, too, so that you're making vegans in world peace via right. Zoom. I mean, yeah. what's better than that? Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. so talk to me, um, Dr. Barnett, as if I just came in off the street. I've never heard of Dr. Ornish. I've never heard of anybody not eating, well, fish at least. Mm -hmm. Where do I start? So can I assume that you have one of the common illnesses that chronic illnesses that most oh, Americans have? Yeah, so. I have a couple. Give, well, give me at the, least two. All right. Well, I know you don't personally, but we'll just, we'll play that game. I, so, I, in, I'm, I'm, I'm acting. I'm doing okay. my Sarah yeah. Barnhart uh, thing. Okay. Sarah Sounds Bernard. Is that her name? Uh, Who was the actress? Who knows? I think Barnhart, but that's good. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, you know, an awful lot of our patients uh, have uh, are overweight and either have prediabetes or diabetes, and um, so it turns out that diabetes is basically a foodborne illness. Uh, you know, um, and so it's not surprising that you could treat it with food. We Conventional medicine doesn't tend to treat it that way. Although, if you read any of the literature, it's, you know you're always supposed to start with uh, diet and lifestyle. But doctors usually skip over that pretty quickly because they don't—they just tell their patients you should improve your diet. And of course, the patients don't know what to do, so it doesn't really happen. Um, but um, you know, you take somebody like Eric Adams, who's the you know the Brooklyn Borough President, and he was really really sick from his diabetes. I'm sure you've heard his story, and you know, going blind. Um, losing the feeling in his fingers and toes and decided to go on this whole food plant-based diet because he'd read about it or maybe seen a video. I guess he saw forks over knives. And so what we do is we tell people, look, um, this is going to sound crazy, but you don't have to do it forever. If this is wrong, you're going to find out really fast. So, um, and that's the, that's the real amazing thing about going on a whole food plant-based diet. If you make the big change and we, and we kind of copy Caldwell Esselstyn here because, you know, Esselstyn says moderation kills. So, don't do this in a moderate way. Do it uh, in a big way and, and make, the, make, make the change com completely and um, see what happens. And the, the, like I said, the beauty of it is it doesn't take that long to find out, to see whether we're pulling people's legs. And, um, you know, if they're testing their blood sugar on a regular basis, like most diabetics are, uh, most people with diabetes have a, uh, you know, a finger, they're doing finger sticks at least once a day, maybe twice a day. And when they go on this program, they say, gee, my blood sugar is like normal today. I guess I don't need my insulin. And, you know, we tell them to work with their doctor uh, so that they can cut back on their medication appropriately. We call it deprescribing. Um, and, you know, we're basically trying to eat the way we think most of our ancestors ate. Now, not, not in the paleo way, which is probably not an accurate way that, of, of uh, evaluating uh, how we used to eat, but in, you know, sort of the more uh, omnivorous plant, plant 
plant eating style. Uh, so it's, you know, lots and lots of greens. I encourage people to have greens starting with breakfast. In fact, the, the cool thing about the Zoom call, well, I used to do this in person as well, is I would walk into the uh, walk into the auditorium eating greens and just basically modeling behavior. And a lot of people kind of, you know, they find that pretty striking. Um, but I tell people, look, I've got greens on the car, the car seat next to me when I'm driving into work every day. Just start eating right away, which is kind of how we evolved, chewing on leaves. And, uh, you know, people learn how to cook this way. And um, so they find out after the two weeks whether it worked or not. So that, you know, it used to be we would do the finger stick, show them how, how good their cholesterol was or, um, or how, how well their blood sugar had responded. Um, you know, we had a patient who c came in. I don't know how much detail you want to hear from in, in, in your, uh, this audience, but, um, you know, hemoglobin A1C is a way of measuring blood sugar over time. So a normal hemoglobin A1C is under 5.5, basically. And a hemoglobin A1C over 6 or 6.5, it's considered to have diabetes. Well, we had a patient come in with a hemoglobin A1C of 12.6, which is what? really, means, right, means his, hemo his blood sugar was in the 300s for the last three months uh, on average. And he was a little overweight, but he wasn't on any medication. And his doctors were telling me, you've got to go on medication. You can't go on like this. And um, he, he went through the jumpstart. And within three months, his hemoglobin A1C was 6.0 with no medication. And now, almost two years later, his hemoglobin A1C is 5.4. He doesn't have diabetes. Um, so these are the kinds of you know incredibly powerful things that can happen if you basically follow our instructions. So like I said, it's I, mean, I can go in all kinds of directions with this, but it's just been really satisfying. Well, how common is that? This is a question that I get sometimes. Is this something that happens every now and then? Or is it something that your garden variety type 2 diabetic can expect if they really follow the program to the letter? So they can pretty much expect it, um, especially if they haven't had it for very long. I mean, someone who's who's had, you know, had the diagnosis of diabetes and been on medication for a year or less can pretty much guarantee they're going to get better. Obviously, in medicine, we don't make, you know, we can't make guarantees. But we've had patients with, you know, 10, 20 years of diabetes make significant improvements, come off most of their medication. So um, I know you, you know Brenda Davis, right? Yes. Of course. Yeah. So she and I are on a committee with the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. Uh, I'm the, uh, the, the chairman of um, the, uh, uh, what do we call it? It's a... Uh, task force, the Diabetes Reversal Task Force, and we issued a Diabetes Bill of Rights last fall. Um, and um, <clears throat> it basically says, you know, when you go to your doctor, you're entitled to know these things, uh, that uh, before you go on medication, you should be given an opportunity to change the, you know, change your life with, with diet, because honestly, you, you cause the problem with diet. Why, why would anybody be surprised that you could uncause it, right? Uh, and so, and, and actually, uh, it's very exciting because Brenda and I are also on another committee with the American College of Lifestyle Medicine. We're just in the process of putting out an article with a case series of about 75 people whose diabetes was basically reversed with um, a whole food plant-based diet or some form of lifestyle change. And most of the changes were whole food plant-based. So, wow. Yeah. And that is yeah. so exciting. Yeah, it's very exciting. And and so that we're not dropping names uh, that people uh, who sure. are listening are not familiar with, uh, Brenda Davis is a stunning dietitian who has been on this program maybe half a dozen times. She's oh, very nice. popular. Oh, so okay. uh, check out the archives on Unity on 
online radio or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen and uh, find our programs with Brenda Davis. And you also mentioned Eric Adams, a Brooklyn mm. Borough president, and he's been on a couple of times. He, he nice. wrote uh, a book. What was it? Reclaimed by Health? Yeah, I can't remember. I'm not just... sure I have the right verb, but a, a wonderful book about this very dramatic story of, yeah. of recovery from a condition that most people think is permanent. Right. You know, they kind of think that that diabetes is is something like I don't know amputation. You know, once mm -hmm. it happens, that's it. And mm -hmm. and you have this incredible fact that it is not. And just what you were saying about heart disease, my mm -hmm. understanding is that before Dr. Ornish, you weren't the only physician who thought that plaque was made out of concrete. It was the right. common belief, maybe there's a way to stop it, but there is no way to reverse it. Well, mm -hmm. guess life is better mm -hmm. than we thought. Right, right. Yeah, so those all kind of go, I mean, that was very well said. They, they, you can think of it all under this sort of, um, catchphrase of cardiometabolic syndrome or cardiometabolic disease. So it's, you know, obesity, especially truncal obesity, you know, obesity around the middle, which is the kind of way that men get fat. Uh, so there's obesity, there's hypertension, there's heart disease, there's diabetes. They're all sort of in the same category. Uh, and so what's interesting about that is whole food plant-based diet really, really works very well with those. It, to me, it's almost a slam dunk. It's uh, it's very surprising when someone doesn't respond well. So the whole food plant-based diet also works well with other conditions. It's just not the same in the same category. So, you know, people with autoimmune disease or arthritis, a lot of them will have dramatic improvement, but a fair number won't respond. So I always warn people that, you know, uh, going on a whole food plant-based diet is going to be good for you generally, no matter what. But, you know, you may not get the same kind of dramatic result. But if you have diabetes or heart disease, you really should try this because uh, there's just there's just a very high high probability that you're going to get a lot better and feel a lot better. I mean, it's so interesting. Um, you know, now that we're doing it on Zoom and we have a lot more check-ins, I just love hearing when people talk about the things they weren't expecting, right? They'll say, gee, you know, I did this because I wanted to get my blood sugar down, but I didn't even know my joints hurt. But now I, this morning I leaped out of bed and I could never do that before. I didn't even know it was my joints were bothering me until they stopped bothering me. Uh, you know, it's just, and, and my heartburn is better. You know, my mood is better. My my brain fog is getting better. So it's just so interesting to see that when you put the right fuel in the human body, uh, it runs better. That's pretty wonderful. Yeah. Now, yeah. I almost hesitate to ask you this because we only have four minutes until we go to break, but uh, we can carry on with it sure. if you have more to say about it. Sure. When you talked about, did you call it cardiometabolic syndrome? Right. Was that your phrase? Yes. So, so I've read about that a lot from other doctors who are more in functional medicine, who don't see things the way we do with a plant-exclusive mm -hmm. diet. So they're looking at it from another. Can we ever come to peace with that? Can you explain a little bit how that camp views things different from lifestyle medicine and what mm. might be done to bring um, the medical profession a little bit closer on this? Wow, that's a, well, you know, I would say I'm not really an expert on functional medicine. Um, you know, I'm, I'm much more in touch with real, truly conventional physicians on a daily basis. So, um, you know, lifestyle medicine uh, is really all about evidence-based. So we really mm -hmm. only try to advocate things that we have uh, scientific evidence for. Um, 
you know, I think fun people do functional medicine, they, you know, many of them have good results and I'm just honestly not that familiar with it. So I hesitate to really make a, uh, to say anything about that. Well, what about, oh, I certainly understand that, but what about your colleagues, the, the ones that you're with every day who are going to McDonald's and can you communicate with them? Absolutely. So, um, you know, we have a lot of patients who come to us who, um, who's, well, a number of them are sent by their doctors, and those are the doctors who are already on board. But the doctors who are not on board, other patients come to us on their own, and we say to them, look, go back to your doctor when you're done with this program and show them how well you did. Because oftentimes patients will say, can you recommend a doctor who's, you know, on board with this? And my response is, don't change doctors, educate your doctor. I mean, if they really can't stand their doctor, then that's fine. But most doctors, they want to do the right thing for the patient. They just don't know that this works. And so we've had a number of endocrinologists who've seen their patients with diabetes get dramatically better. Uh, and then they come to us and they start to send us patients. In fact, we call it the cycle of culture change. It's one of the things that we talk about a lot. In fact, uh, we just submitted a paper to American, uh, the Family Practice Journal uh, about the cycle of culture change. And the idea is that we, in order for this whole whole food plant-based diet to take off, it's got to be a positive feedback loop where the doctors send their patients, the patients come back and are doing really, really well. And then the doctors tell other doctors and they send more patients. And that's what you need to, you need to have. The whole culture has to really change till we get to the point where people say, tell me something new. We already, you know, we all know this. Yeah, that, that's a beautiful thing to hear that with people are always talking about, oh, we're, we're all so separated. We can't talk with other people about anything because nobody wants to hear anything that they don't already believe. Right. But I think we're all still curious and doctors want their patients to get better. That's why they went into medicine. Mm -hmm. So uh, they just seem curious too. I remember. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say the other thing is that doctors get sick too. So we've had a lot of doctors go through our jumpstart to see how, how they, how their own bodies react. And they were so pleasantly surprised that, you know, they lost weight without really working at it. Their blood sugar got better. Their, you know, uh, uh, cholesterol came down. So th that's, I think one, another way to really start is to get your doctor to do it. Oh, that's exciting. That that's a terrific idea because everybody wants to be healthy. So uh, if you want to find out more about Dr. Barnett's work, he is at rochesterlifestylemedicine.org and you can follow him on uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter at rocklifemed, R-O-C, life med. And you know what? We'll also be hearing more from Dr. Barnett after these messages, so do stay with us. Are you looking for a new and empowering lens through which to view your life and your health? Then register now for Get Healthy with Sound, a weekend workshop with Eileen McCusick, an innovator in the fields of therapeutic sound, electric health, and the human biofield, May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. 
Learn easy and accessible techniques to reduce stress, improve focus, and increase energy. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan with your host, Victoria Moran. Everybody, welcome back. I know that man already said welcome back, but I always feel like it's mine to say. So happy that you're with us today. Just want to update you on a couple of things. I always invite people who have not visited MainStreetVegan.net to do that. Um, we've got a lot going on over there, notably Main Street Vegan Academy. If you want to take your outreach to the next level, if you want to coach or educate or if you're a budding entrepreneur, have we got a course for you? And now it is via Zoom. You used to have to come to New York City and get here and find a babysitter and take time off work. And now it is ever so conveniently on Zoom. So you can check that out at MainStreetVegan.net. And you can also read our blog this week. It is absolutely beautiful. It's written by one of our Main Street Vegan Academy graduates, who is just a wonderful, wonderful writer. Oh, I love the English language. <laughs> and it is called The Vegan No. Her name is Kimberly Ocampo. And what she means by The Vegan No, I'm sure you've all experienced this. I know I have. You'll say to somebody, no, thank you. I, I don't care for the cheesecake. I don't care for the cheeseburger. I don't care for the cheese fries. And they'll say, oh, but just this time. This is a special occasion. So how do you say no when it seems like you're saying no a lot of the time? Well, you can learn all about that on the Main Street Vegan blog right there at the top this week. Uh, and do check out the Academy because I have a feeling that there are wings wanting to spread in your world, and uh, that's one way to do it. So now coming back to our interview with Dr. Ted Barnett of RochesterLifestyleMedicine.org and the 15-Day Jumpstart Program, which means that you can do that via Zoom, and your doctor can prescribe it to any of his or her patients. How cool is that? So, Dr. Barnett, we were talking during the break that the challenge mm -hmm. is how to get doctors in on this so that they can get it to their patients. What right. are you thinking? Well, you know, uh, I, as I said in the, the first half, you know, we basically had our minds opened by Dr. Dean Ornish. You know, when he published back in 1990, <clears throat> excuse me, and by the way, I call that my sloping forehead moment because I hit myself on the forehead and said, I get it now because he talks in his book, Reversing Heart Disease, about how hard it is to get funding for any kind of lifestyle medicine. Because if you think about it, there's no money in it for any, any of the big organizations. Pharmaceutical companies can't make money. The health, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the health systems really are not that interested, um, the Insurance companies, although they make it sound like they're interested in saving money, they really are just a pass-through. So how do you get 
um, how do you get this out there? So to me, the challenge is operationalizing um, uh, a whole food plant-based diet and doing the right thing. And part of it is you got to make it easy. So we did set, and it's got to be easy for patients and it's got to be easy for doctors. So uh, we have set things up so doctors can just uh, prescribe it for their patients. It's, um, uh, and they can just go to our website and sign up. We do it every month. And um, so we've had, uh, you know, th uh, almost a thousand people from all over the country do it now. Um, the, uh, uh, and it's got to be relatively easy for the patients. So um, we don't make it really long. It's not months long. It's just two weeks. And you can find out whether or not it's going to work for you. Um, but also it's really compelling if the doctors themselves can go through the program and find out, A, how well it works, and B, how it wasn't that bad. In fact, they, you know, <laughs> right? They could actually do it. So, I, you know, the the research, you know, there, there's still a lot of papers being written about, you know, what conditions this works on and when it works, and you know, real, you know, randomized controlled trials, that type of thing. But as far as I'm concerned, that research has basically been done. It's, it's it's always good to have more research. The research now needs to be on how we can get people to do this and stick with it. Because honestly, well, it's, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just going to say, that's the thing. And how open do you think people around the world, Americans in particular, are to adopting a more plant-friendly diet? I mean, is there something that we're not doing that would, would propel them to mm. take another look at this? Well, I, th I think f from my point of view, it's to have doctors take it seriously. Uh, you know, when, when you go to your doctor and they just sort of poo-poo it and say, well, that's nice, but nobody can do that, then you're not going to take it seriously yourself. <coughs> Excuse me. But if we can get doctors on board, and that's been my my goal. I mean, obviously, the work that you do and the work that so many people in the vegan movement are, you know, are, are approaching it from all different directions. And ultimately, that's what happens, right? You know, people learn all the different reasons for going plant-based, whether it's for the animals or the environment or for their own health or social justice, once, you, once it starts to seem like, gee, it's coming at me in all directions, I guess there really is something to this, then you end up with a, you know, a, a sea change in the culture. And I think then it's going to be a lot easier. So it's coming at us in all directions. And you know, who knows when the, when the wave is going to crash on the beach, but I think it's getting pretty close. Yeah, that that's very cool. At, at least you know the the terms are a little bit more used out in the world, and mm. and don't seem like they're coming from some uh, galaxy far away. Right. So you're providing health videos for AARP. Mm -hmm. That's big. Mm -hmm. Tell us how you got the gig, what those are about, and how well they're working. So uh, we uh, have been uh, working on the the pillars of lifestyle medicine. And there's um, six main pillars, and um, they're basically, let's see if I can get it right. I better not get this wrong because I'm a lifestyle medicine doctor, right? So there's whole food plant-based nutrition. There's physical activity. There's avoidance of toxins, like don't smoke and don't do drugs. Uh, there's getting healthful sleep. Uh, there's managing stress, and there's working towards having healthy relationships. And actually, at RLM, at Rochester Lifestyle Medicine, we've ad actually added three uh, more pillars. So it's uh, time outdoors, um, finding joy and finding purpose. <clears throat> so we have nine. And then um, when we do an intake, uh, we evaluate people on all nine of those pillars, plus there's one more. So it adds up to the 10. And then you can have a, a, a 10 point score. So you can get a perfect score of 100. And the 10th one is 
how do you feel about your own health? And it turns out that's a really great predictor of how, how long someone's going to live is if they tell you that their health is a 10, then they're probably going to do really well. If they tell you their health is a two, then not so well. But anyway, going back to your question about uh, AARP, so we've created little short videos for each of the, um, the pillars, and they're going to start airing uh, in July. And it'll be a live, uh, a live uh, uh, webinar. And uh, so we'll show the, the three-minute video, and then I'll be there to answer questions. And that'll be through the AARP. That is so exciting. You yeah. know, I was really shocked when I turned 50 and I got an AARP card. <laughs> yeah, because right. number one, I was like, I'm a writer. I'm never retiring. Uh, Plus, it's like, you can't use the R word with me. Right. You know, I'm young. But the truth is, everybody over 50 is more or less part of AARP. And if you can reach that gargantuan demographic, mm -hmm. then no, uh, we are taking huge leaps forward. So congratulations on oh, that. I want to ask you about these mm -hmm. extra three um, mm -hmm. pillars because mm -hmm. uh, we don't hear about these. So start first with time outdoors. I'm not so good on that one. I've yeah. never been a nature person. Right. So why, why do I need to be? Well, it turns out that uh, being out in the natural world is really good for your health. Uh, and, uh, you know, like we needed scientific studies to prove that, but we do. We have them, including randomized control trials. In fact, there's even something called forest bathing. Have you heard of that? I have. I've yeah. just never bathed there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, it turns out that's actually reimbursed uh, by insurance in uh, South Korea and I believe in Japan as well. Uh, because it's so good for your health. And, um, you know, just getting outdoors. In fact, uh, uh, Darren Morton, who is um, uh, an Australian, I'm not sure if you've heard of him, but he's a real advocate of this. And he has uh, uh, several catchy phrases. And one of them is, blue and green are good to be seen. Uh, and uh, so basically, that means getting outside. You know, we don't really know why it's so good for you. It's, some, it's a habit I have. I mean, I get about bird, bird watching whenever I can. I'm out there birding all the time. And, and I just love to get up early in the morning and go out and uh, go tramping around. Luckily, we live in, a, in the countryside. Um, but try it. It's really remarkable. I know you live in the city, but gee, you got Central Park, which supposedly has got some pretty good birding, actually, I understand. Yeah, yeah. and I've learned that uh, my stepdaughter, who uh -huh. hasn't visited lately because she's in Canada and the border's been closed, but anyway, she has taken up birding during the pandemic and promises to take us to the park and uh, yeah. <laughs> and show, show us uh, that. You know, it's funny that we're talking about this today because I did post something on, on my Instagram today. And anybody listening, if you're not following me on Instagram, that's Victoria Moran author. Would love to have you there. And I posted a picture of the flowers on my dining room table because the doctor that I've been working with has been telling me how important it is, just what you're saying, to have this mm -hmm. contact with nature, even just bringing some of it indoors. Mm -hmm. So, uh, okay, I will get to the park more often when you hear something from multiple sources. I think it's meant for yeah. you. So, yeah. I mean, Joy. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Was yeah. there more on outdoors? Well, Sure. I mean, there's something, you know, something called nature deficit disorder, which unfortunately a lot of kids <laughs> oh, are experiencing, me. right? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the, the cool thing about going out in the natural world is it's so unpredictable. 
you just never know what you're going to encounter, what interesting animal sites you're going to see. Last night, my wife and I were sitting outside in our gazebo, and these two bunny rabbits came into the backyard, and they were doing this dance where one would just, they would take turns jumping vertically on all fours, just straight up and down. It was just so much fun. You never expect that. We have foxes that, that wander through the yard. We have deer. All those things are just, you know, there's so, there's so much fun, and, and you just can't predict what's going to happen. So I think that kind of randomness is also exciting. Plus, you get to hang out with these animals. So Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that that's really inspiring. Plus, I'm mm. going to look up nature deficit disorder. It's okay. funny. From the time I was a little kid, it's like mm -hmm. I'm very comfortable indoors. Tall buildings are very nice. Anything mm -hmm. with a roof. Mm -hmm. and, and the whole kind of nature thing, I just never got that. Mm -hmm. But never too late. Sure. So... <laughs> How about this next one, finding joy? What does that do for our health? Well, um, you know, I'm, uh, I think it's a little harder to quantify, but I think it's it's sort of intuitively obvious that if we don't have joy in our life, what's the point? Um, <clears throat> so, you know, we can teach people to be healthy and, uh, uh, with, you know, good labs and good weight and good BMI and all those things. But if they're miserable, what have you accomplished? So uh, I, I actually remember a long time ago when I was first starting medical school, I thought, you know, you could think of medicine as just another form of entertainment, right? Our, our job is really just to make people feel good. So if I make you feel good by giving you a drug, is that any better than making you feel good by, you know, playing a song for you on my a musical instrument or going to a show or hearing a comedian? So really finding some kind of joy uh, just in life generally is so important. And we have to recognize that that, that really matters, that uh, it's just it's, it's critical to living a, a fulfilled life. And complete life is to have have to find joy, so we, we put that down as a, a a pillar, and you know we ask people to measure that whenever they come see us, and we like to we like to believe that the level of joy is going up the more they, they encounter us. Uh, so that's joy. Uh, you know the uh, the Dalai Lama talks about the the eight pillars of joy. So that's a whole other set of pillars, which don't ask me because I can't remember them all. But um, obviously we can joy, Google them. <laughs> we can Google them exactly. So I know there's yeah. It's so interesting as I look at all of these, the six uh, from the uh, College of Lifestyle Medicine and the ones that you've added, they're, they're really pleasant. Mm -hmm. And I think when we're little kids, we have this idea of, ooh, I don't want to go to the doctor. That mm -hmm. will hurt. I don't want to take medicine. That tastes nasty. But lifestyle medicine, it seems, tastes pretty good. Absolutely. <laughs> so yeah. Tell us about finding purpose. So, you know, finding purpose... Uh, <clears throat> I think anybody who's uh, made the choice to become vegan has uh, has the sense of this. It's the idea is to um, to be aware and to be part part of something that's bigger than yourself. So, what is your purpose in life? Is it to uh, help save the planet? Is it to help save the animals? Is it to take really good care of your children and your family? Uh, is it to worship uh, in a particular religion? These are things that are bigger than yourself that are kind of outside yourself. And I think really uh, also add meaning to, to life. And, and really without that, it's I think kind of hard to find joy. So um, that's basically what we're talking about. Um, there, uh, you've probably heard of the blue zones. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, in um, uh, Okinawa, Japan, they have, um, you know, the, when kids are born, they're put into these small groups of five. They're called Maui's. And um, they talk about that in the blue zones book. And the idea is that you're basically connected with these same five people for your whole life. And so that's kind of covers a whole bunch of the, um, uh, the one lifestyle pillars 
well, at least a few of them. I mean, it covers the relation, you know, the uh, relationships, also your purpose, because now you've got this group that you're a part of that you're, uh, it's not just you, uh, it's a way of finding joy. So this is kind of a, a circuitous way to basically say that without purpose in life, um, it's uh, again, what's the, what's, what's the point? You know, this is so interesting. My longest friend, I never like to say oldest, but the friend I have had <laughs> since grade school um, just uh, lost her husband. Mm. And it's looking like I'm not going to be able to get out to the Midwest for um, the memorial service the day that it's happening. But just listening to you makes me feel like I just need to go another day because mm -hmm. that's so precious to have somebody that's been with us for a lifetime there mm -hmm. there aren't large numbers of those for most of us so right. thank you and and the okinawans mm. beautiful mm. so you talked about home and family now how many children do you and your wife have oh so we have <clears throat> before we became vegan we had two little girls uh they were i think one and three at the time when we made the switch and then that was in 1991 and then nathaniel was born in 1992. So we have three kids who are all vegangelists. Uh, uh -huh. The oldest is 34 now. And Nathaniel, I, let's see, he was born in 92. So what does that make him? I think he's going to be 29, 20, I guess he's yeah. 28. Yeah. Uh, well, 29. Yeah. The reason I ask mm -hmm. is because you'd mentioned earlier about three kids and mm -hmm. I thought, did he just leave the little ones out mm. or are there adopted children? Are there foster children? Because you're always surrounded by so many kids. I literally, until this conversation, thought you had like ten. <laughs> you mean you mean your your memories of Summerfest? Yes. Yeah, so I guess your friends' kids like hanging out with your 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 kids' friends like hanging out <laughs> with you guys too. Oh, that is so sweet. Yeah. No, we love hanging out with kids, and I mean, kids are great. So and our and well, I think our kids attract other kids too. So, yeah. By the oh, way, that is really interesting. Yeah. And you guys are yeah. such good singers. You can all carry a tune. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. As you as you can as well. No, not really. My husband has perfect pitch. Mm -hmm. And so I, I always close the door for singing in the shower. Okay. But in, in my next life, I'm putting in for um, not perfect pitch. I don't need that. I just need to be able to sing in church without somebody giving me a funny look or, mm -hmm. you know. National Anthem at the Baseball Game. <laughs> mm -hmm. sure, sure. So do you do you play music as well? I do, actually. <clears throat> I play the saxophone, I, uh, and I play the uh, tenor recorder. Those are my main instruments. I also play the sax, uh, sorry, the piano. But my kids all really had a lot of formal music training when they were uh, little and, and carried it on. And so I, I tell, my, tell my friends that we're complete failures as uh, parents because we didn't get any doctors. And all, all three of our kids are musicians. So um, Rebecca, the oldest, is a music teacher in, uh, at a Quaker school in Brooklyn, and she loves it. She's doing great. And Nathaniel, our youngest, is um, he's just getting his just I guess, I guess he just finished his master's degree in uh, um, choral conducting, which is now America's most dangerous activity because you're standing in front of a bunch of, bunch of people singing with, without masks <laughs> on. So... Uh, and Elizabeth, our middle daughter, has her uh, a master's in musical theater composition from NYU. So oh, my goodness. A, well, I, I think you've head. hit the jackpot. You will <laughs> yeah. be entertained exactly. throughout your life. Right. Oh, right. that's yeah. uh, that's really cool. And so 
when you look at life and you look at all the components and there's family and there's work and there's purpose, what what makes it work? Is is there a magic ingredient if you could offer us that pill, doctor? Oh boy. I mean what makes it uh, happen? What makes it possible? Yes. Having well, I think respecting the people around you is really important. Um, I really try to build up everyone who's around me. Uh, I try not to be cranky. Uh, it's it's really it's really uh, as a physician, it's really uh, it catches people off guard when it, they've seen me get mad maybe once, and uh, and everybody was in shock, and because basically I'm pretty sunny and I don't you know if if something goes wrong, I usually sort of assume it's not somebody else's fault. It's something with the system. And, um, you know, it's important to evaluate what our processes are and how the system has, you know, made things go the way they've gone in a way that we didn't like. And how can we change the system so that uh, people can do the right thing? I mean, actually, there's an expression in the, the Blue Zones, which is um, making the healthy choice the, the easy choice. So, you know, that's kind of that was kind of another circuitous explanation. But uh, um, you know, I try to give people responsibility and, and, and have faith and trust in them. I'm, I'm not sure there's one particular ingredient. I love what you said. If something goes wrong, it's not somebody's fault. It's the system. Mm-hmm. Because I think the immediate go-to for most people is something went wrong. Whose fault is it? Mm-hmm. And we look for a person, usually Mm -hmm. more than an institution. Mm -hmm. What a beautiful key to human relationships that work. Thank you. That's nice. Mm -hmm. And that's that's good to remember when we're talking to people who completely disagree with us Mm -hmm. about whether it's diet or something else. That Mm -hmm. probably if we had had their same life experiences, we would be seeing the world just as they do. Of course. That's right. So when you look out there at the world as it is and the world that you want to be, we'll just say the healthcare world at this point, mm-hmm. what's, what's the plan? Give us the five-year plan. Where are things going to be in mm. 2026? Wow. I wish I could predict that. Um, and cause you know, we, we run a nonprofit with, a um, uh, with emphasis on the word nonprofit, because it's really hard for the medical system to respect and uh, respect what we do. And by respect, I mean pay for what we do. Uh, and, you know, I make my living as, an, as a radiologist, which uh, the system has figured out how to reimburse for that and how to pay for that <clears throat> and, you know, make us feel valued for what we do in that, in that world. But how can we make people feel valued uh, for doing what's basically very low tech. It's not that complicated. Uh, somehow we're going to have to get insurance companies to pay for it. And once that happens, there's going to be the, the dam's going to break because it's so obvious. This is the way to, to take care of people is through, uh, um, simple low tech solutions such as eating right and you know, getting exercise, getting outside, uh, you know, basically following all the pillars of lifestyle medicine. So I'm hoping that we're going to have a, 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 a sea change in the culture. And um, I, I think that's what I'm hoping it'll look like in five years. But of course, you yeah. can predict, right? I love it. And yeah. I think what you're saying reflects a society that doesn't place a high value on education. We've mm-hmm. always been told that teachers are underpaid. And mm-hmm. now we're talking about people educating about health 
-hmm. and that's largely not reimbursable. Right. Right. So it's all about, I really, you know, we have this, I told you earlier, we have this theme called the cycle of culture change. And we have a beautiful graphic that's a big circle that um, goes from, you know, it's got six steps in it. And it's a, it's a positive feedback loop in a circle. And the idea is that the more doctors know about it, the more they tell their patients, the more patients tell other people, the more other doctors hear about it. And then it just gets better and better and it becomes, until it becomes so obvious that people say, well, tell me something new, right? <laughs> wow. Well, maybe lifestyle medicine info will become the new gossip. I, I was so. reading some study that that gossip has helped humans to evolve because mm -hmm. we like doing it so much. It's caused us to communicate with one another through all these millennia. Mm -hmm. So maybe if we can get uh, talking about whole food, plant-based eating and exercise and going to the park. Uh, right. right, exactly. <laughs> we can speed things up a little bit. So really quickly in our last minute, uh -huh. what would be the best dinner you could imagine for this evening? Ooh, well, I have pretty simple tastes. So um, I love sweet potatoes. I love baked sweet potatoes, uh, especially if they're a little a little crunchy, so a little caramelized, you know, if they're sitting in the oven a little too long, I like that. Uh, I love steamed broccoli with some garlic powder on it. Um, but my wife will probably prepare something a little more fancy than that. So, um, yeah, like last night we had this wonderful dish with uh, black eyed peas and brown rice and kale that she calls papanjam. And, uh, <laughs> right, it's got uh, with uh, tahini, a tahini, a tahini sauce on it. So, yeah, that would be another one of my favorite meals. That sounds so good. You yeah. see, I'm trying trying to get some ideas. Sure. So bless your heart and, and your work. Thank you so much for all that you do. Again, everybody, you can find all these URLs on the show notes at MainStreetVegan.net or just look for Dr. Barnett and his work, RochesterLifestyleMedicine.org or Rock Life Med, and that's Rock R O C, on um, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. Because you know what? We can all stand to get a little bit healthier. And now that that 15 day jump start is on Zoom, well, mm -hmm. what's stopping us? Thank you so much, Dr. Ted Barnett. And thank you, listeners. Thank you, Unity Online Radio and our wonderful engineer, Jeff Comfort. To everybody in the sound of my voice, God bless you. Eat your veggies. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio the voice of an awakening world. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report, bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show. 
exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.